This is Amplify You, the podcast about you discovering your message and broadcasting it to the world. If you're a coach, author, or speaker, you'll want to tune in. If you're looking for the best return on your time investment to get your message out to the world in a bigger way, we're giving you full access and behind the scenes look of how we're running our podcast, how our clients have found success, and what you can do to launch your podcast today. The world needs your message. I'm Michelle Abraham, the host. Join my family as we unleash your unique genius and find the connections you need to launch your adventure today. Join us and let's get Amplified. Welcome, welcome, Amplify You family, Michelle Abraham, your host, and I am here today with an Ask the Expert interview, and I'm really excited with my guest because not only is this guest absolutely amazing, but I actually got to meet her in person a few weeks ago, which is super cool. So I'm here today with Dr. Deborah Fryer, and we're going to talk about money, 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 money. And all sorts of other amazing things of why you're not bringing in enough of it and why you need to stop doing some of the things that you are doing to block yourself from receiving that amazing amount of abundance. So Dr. Deborah, hello. How are you doing today? I'm great. So happy to be here. Oh, I'm so grateful that you are here with us. So Dr. Deborah, guys, is a money mindset mentor and creativity catalyst. So she has a so I love this like combination of you. You're a spiritual business coach and creator of the anatomy of money system for holistic wealth and well-being. She helps heart-centered entrepreneurs break through subconscious mental, emotional, and financial blocks so they can create substantial soul-aligned six or seven-figure businesses with ease, speed, and confidence without working harder, feeling guilty, downplaying your success, or selling your soul. So I am so excited to dive into this today. Dr. Deborah holds a PhD in comparative literature from Princeton. She's an award-winning filmmaker who has created content for PBS, Nova, Frontline, National Science Foundation, and other channels. Guys, this lady I am bringing you today is so amazing. She is uh, practicing yoga for the last and teaching yoga for the last 30 years. You're in pre-med degree. You've got ancient wisdom and practical Western medicine all wrapped in together in this beautiful, beautiful bundle. And um, you're also the author of Best Brain Hacks, Turn On Your Tap, and the forthcoming Anatomy of Money, Your Inside Guide to True Wealth books. So uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for that introduction. You're welcome. Well, I'm excited to dive into some of the really interesting and fascinating things that happen all around money. (laughs) But first, I want to know, like, what was your first, like, initial, like, inspiration to dive into the world of money because there's you obviously have like a wealth of background in so many different directions you've come from like what was it about money that really like attracted you to this topic I didn't want anything to do with money you know I was somebody who grew up really traumatized by money uh felt like money was manipulative it was controlling it was withheld I was told I didn't deserve it uh you know it was extremely uncomfortable and painful and I wanted nothing to do with it. So I like to say that, um, you know, for the first 30 years of my life, I was a contrapreneur, C-O-N-T-R-A, preneur. I was contra all things money. I was like, get away from me. I don't like you. You're passing the environment. You're misogynistic. You're manipulative. I hate you. I want nothing to do with you. And so, you know, for 30 years, I basically, you know, found ways to support myself by not making money. 
right? I would do things for free. I would volunteer. Um, I would um, be an intern. I would do all kinds of amazing things, but I would not allow myself to get paid because subconsciously I had, you know, such a toxic relationship with money. I thought money was harmful because I had been harmed by money. And, you know, I didn't realize when I was 30 that money is not harmful. It's some people who have money do harmful things with it. And there's a huge difference. But in my mind, that was all mixed up that money equals pain, money equals harm. So then in my 30s, I was like, well, it might be nice to have money. You know, it was like I had a little bit of an opening of, well, okay, I can't have it if I'm going to hate it so much. So maybe I'll just like crack the door ajar. So then I became a wantrepreneur, W-A-N-T, right? And here I'm like, I want it, but I don't really like it. I want it, but I don't really like it. So it was all this kind of like, I move towards it. I move away from it. Um, I think I want it, but then it's like, no, it's too hard. It's icky. And so there was this constant push-pull. And a lot of people live this way for freaking ever, where they're on a roller coaster, where they're up, they're down, they have it, they don't have it. They're in constant fear of it. It's never enough. When's it going to show up? And and it's still a pretty toxic way to be in a relationship with anything because who wants to be on a roller coaster unless you love roller coasters? I don't, uh, you know, but uh, anyhow, that's where I was in my thirties. And then in my forties, I became what I call a mantra preneur where I would, you know, chant for hours. I would meditate for hours. And, and I began to have these, uh, you know, out of body experiences that we can talk about if you want to go there. Um, and I begin to recognize that there's way more available than down here on the earth plane, but I have a PhD from Princeton. And I'm an award-winning filmmaker and I make, you know, smart, weighty documentaries that are on Nova and Frontline and the History Channel. And nobody can know that I have this weird, freaky spiritual access. Like nobody can know that I got a foot in that world and I got a foot in this world. And so like I, I really kept myself compartmentalized. And of course, if you're going to live a compartmentalized life, you will never feel full. You will never feel whole. You will never feel complete. Because part of you is allowed and part of you is not allowed. And, and, and so many people live that way too. Uh, and so after being a entrepreneur, being hellbent against money, and then being a wantrepreneur, wanting it but not knowing how to have it, and then being a entrepreneur and having like a little glimpse of it, I had this literal heart-opening experience that changed everything. And I'm going to keep this short because we have a short amount of time, but happy to talk about this longer if you want it on another episode. So I decided that I'm not a real doctor. Having a PhD from Princeton doesn't count. I'm not a real doctor. Can you hear how I was invalidating myself? Can you hear how I was discounting myself? Like I was just removing myself from having any authority. Women don't do that. Men, if you're listening, don't do that. We're so conditioned to do that. And so, so of course, I was just following, you know, I was towing the line of the conditioning, which is women, you're worthless than men, which means that you're worthless. So I was walking around in a woman's body feeling worthless because I have this, you know, fancy degree that I'm so proud of, but I wasn't allowed to be proud of it. Like, like I could, there were just layers and layers and layers of stuff. So I thought I wasn't a real doctor. So I thought I'm going to go to medical school and then I'm going to become a real doctor. I'm going to have real respect. I'm going to have real income. I'm going to be a real person. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've told this story hundreds of times now. And each time I hear it through my own mouth, I feel such compassion for that younger one you know, the younger version of me that just felt so undeserving and so worthless. And she didn't realize that she was worthy and that 
she was deserving. So off I trotted to go to medical school, except here's the crazy thing. My PhD is in comparative literature. All of my background is in literature. It's in art. It's in meditation. It's in movement. It's totally right brain. And here I am in this left brain world. And I found myself working in an anatomy lab for two years, getting really intimate, literally inside a human body. So it was in 2013. And one day in 2013, October, my dad dropped out of a heart attack. He had a massive coronary. One minute he's reading the news, the next minute he's stone cold. The day after, it was my job to go into the anatomy lab and remove the heart from a human cadaver. And the human cadaver was a man about my dad's age. And when I got into this man's thoracic cavity and I removed his heart and I held his heart in my hands, I saw that this man also had died of a massive coronary. And you can see it in the heart. The heart is designed to expand and contract, to open and empty, to give and to receive. It's designed. This is the entire cycle of creativity. And holding the heart in my hands on that day, it was like the entire universe flooded my system. And I realized I've been running my business ass backwards. I've been overgiving. I've been undercharging. I've been refusing to let myself sleep. I've been refusing to let myself be paid. I've been refusing to let anyone say thank you. I've been doing it all on my own with no support. I was so, so far out of alignment in what we call the masculine, right? Of hyper achievement and hyper doing and and hyper productivity. And I was so out of alignment in what we call the feminine of receiving support and resting and being nourished. And I realized that I was cruising, you know, for being the next cadaver if I didn't get myself aligned from the inside. So that's the short answer Mm. to how I became very interested in money was through great pain, through great grief. Wow, that's incredible. So when the masculine and the feminine are so out of alignment, and we're hearing a lot about this, uh, I hear a lot about it just because of the world that we work in. But I want to make sure our listeners can understand. So when we're so far out of alignment in one way or another, what does that do to how we are operating in our business? Well, so if you're feeling really out of alignment in terms of, I feel like I'm not good enough. So that was one of my core wounds was I felt like I wasn't good enough. So what did I do? I overcompensated. I overgave. I undercharged. I felt undeserving and part of the shadow side of, a feeling undeserving is we give more because that helps us feel needed. Um, we give more and we don't allow ourselves to be paid because that helps us feel like we're being generous. But the shadow side is we're not allowing ourselves to receive. We're not allowing ourselves to receive money. We're not allowing ourselves to receive support. We're not allowing ourselves to have a day off or a week off or a month off or, or half a day off every single day. You know, whatever it looks like for you when we're so um, not allowing the full spectrum of the experience and the full spectrum, just like the heart showed us, just like every cell in the body shows us is that there's a time to expand and to give and to open. And there's also a time to, to receive, to say no, to rest, to go inside, to say, I'm not available for that. And we haven't learned that as a culture we're still unlearning 
especially women, are unlearning, you know, the last three to 5,000 years of patriarchal conditioning that has led us to believe we're here to serve men. And that's actually backwards. The masculine is here to serve the feminine. And the masculine, I'm not talking about whatever gender you happen to have been born in or whatever gender you happen to have been chose, you happen to have chosen. I'm talking about the energetic quality of what we call the masculine. And the energetic quality of the masculine is a kind of firmness. It's boundaries. Think about a riverbed. The masculine is the banks that steward the flow of the river. In the absence of that, there's a flood. In your business, some of the masculine qualities of your business might be having very clear agreements. In the absence of that, it becomes very messy, right? And any business owner who doesn't have clear agreements, you know, has had experience with (laughs) collecting late payments or, you know, how many sessions you're going to deliver, or let's say somebody wants to put a pause on their coaching. Do you have, you know, an endpoint beyond which, you know, this must be used or it's no longer available? You know, do you have, clear boundaries about what you are and are not available for? Do you have clear boundaries about what you will and will not provide to your client? These kinds of things are absolutely necessary for the strength of your business. And in the absence of those things, your business will collapse. And same is true in nature, right? If there's not a clear structure for the tree, if there's not a clear root system, a strong root system, the tree will fall over. And so the masculine, you know, in the body is the skeletal system, isn't it? It's it's um, certain thought forms that we have about this is what I can or I cannot do. And there's a kind of flexibility that also comes into that because, you know, what I cannot do, what I cannot do is I cannot pinch myself off from source. What I cannot do is be out of integrity with myself. What I cannot do is stuff myself back into a small container. You know, you will not hear me saying, oh, I can't make money or I can't do that or I can't do this other thing because those are limitations that I'm imposing. And if I'm going to impose them, then I will have to live into the imposition that I'm arguing for, right? So you can apply language in a way that opens you or limits you. Interesting. So when I'm seeing a lot of our, um, a lot of our clients are in the wellness space, uh, spiritual space. And I'm feeling that that money conversation, it seems to be really hard for them to make money. Um, And is that because they're so far in now the masculine of uh, giving and feeling generous and that over delivering that that's where that's where they're living. And that's where they're being. So it's hard to receive money in that space then. Well, when we're over giving, we're out of alignment in the feminine. Because the feminine likes to give. Um, And well, the masculine also likes to give. The masculine likes to give orders. The masculine likes to say, this is how it is. The masculine um, is a kind of firmness. It's a kind of structure. It's a kind of discipline that's absolutely necessary. And the more discipline we have, the more freedom we have. So a lot of uh, people who are in the healing space resist discipline. And it's interesting, you know, if you're a fitness trainer, you know that discipline and consistency is the name of the game. You know that if you're going to train a client to help them to, let's say, run a marathon, it's not going to work for them to run around the block once. They're going to have to, you know, go a little further than they did 
the week before, and they're going to have to go a little faster than they did the week before. And they're going to have to do some drills and they're going to have to do some cross training. They're going to have to learn to rest and they're going to have to dial in their nutrition. And all of this requires discipline and it requires consistency and it requires a commitment. You know, I'm a, I'm a former marathoner. So this is, you know, I'm sure this influenced how I built my business. Mm -hmm. When I ran my first marathon, I had never run a marathon before. It's so obvious, but the same is true. If you're saying, I'm going to be a six figure business owner, or I'm going to be a seven figure business owner, you're going to be a six figure business owner before you crash through the six figure ceiling. You're going to be a millionaire business owner before you make your first million dollars. You have to see yourself as the person who's doing that. So in the case of, you know, me running a marathon for the first time, I had to see myself as a marathoner, I had to start acting like a marathoner before I had ever run a marathon. You don't become a marathoner after you cross the tape. You become a marathoner the minute you register for the marathon and you say, I'm doing it. And the same is true for you as a business owner. Like you make the decision now and you start acting as the person. If you're going to be a best selling author, you don't become a best selling author after you publish the book and it's, you know, on the New York Times bestseller list. You practice writing every day. You're a writer who's writing and your writing is the result of you being a writer. So step into the shoes of being the entrepreneur who's walking your business every day a little bit further down the path. And the result is a result of the action that you are taking every single day. Does that make sense? Yeah, that totally makes sense. And, and so if you're, if you're a healer, if you're a fitness trainer, if you're a, a massage or Reiki, um, you know, somebody who does uh, spiritual work, you as a spiritual business owner, you need to be the one walking your business into the world. And, you know, a lot of the people that I work with have this belief that says, I can't be spiritual and be rich. And, you know, the good news for you is, and for all of us is that we're all spirit and body. And there is nothing richer than spirit. There's nothing more abundant than source. So rather than separating yourself from it, embrace <laughs> it, recognize that you are source and a body, you are creative consciousness and a body, and there is nothing that you are not. There is nothing that you are not, but your no thingness will translate into thing, right? The no thing becomes a thing when you walk it into the world. Mm -hmm. I love that. Is there anything that you're seeing a business owner is doing right now? Um, that you would like to just be like, stop it, <laughs> stop doing that. <laughs> Not even business owners, but just like, you know, entrepreneurs in general, um, women, uh, is there things that you're seeing out there that you really just want people to know that this, this is not how you do it. This is how you do it. I just, I love that question. Are there things that I see where I'm like, oh, stop it. Okay. So th there, are, there are a couple of things that popped to mind. Uh, one I of the, you one have of the, a good answer for this. <laughs> what'd you say? I said, I knew you were going to have a good answer for this. <laughs> so, so one of the things that I noticed is the language that people use. People will say to me, I don't have any money. <laughs> really? If that's what you're broadcasting, that's what you shall receive. If you keep saying, I don't have any money, your subconscious is always listening and your subconscious cannot tell the difference between reality and imagination. And so if you keep saying, I don't have any money, you will orchestrate the external conditions so that you get to be right about you because your identity, cringeworthy or not, your identity is based on what you believe about you. 
this is really a conversation about your identity. So if you keep saying, I don't have any money, you will make sure that that is true. And you could be earning, you know, I worked with multimillionaires who say, I don't have any money. And how does that happen? Because they've set it up so that, yes, they do have multi-million dollar foundations, but it's under, you know, it's behind a wall. They give it all away. It's not available to them. I've worked with people who are multimillionaires who live on a thousand dollars a month and they feel like they're being strangled. They have so much money, but they won't allow themselves to have it. You know, I, I worked with a client once who lived on the beach and she didn't allow herself to go for a walk on the beach. She lived, she had oceanfront property and she was so in the masculine of, I got to work, I got to work, I got to work. I can't go for a walk on the beach. And, you know, after we worked together and she realized how self-depriving she was being of this thing that was right there in her backyard, everything began to shift. So the way that you speak to yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, I hear people saying, oh, my business is killing me. Stop. When you talk to yourself like that, how do you think your nervous system responds? <laughs> With the threat of something killing you. Do you think you go into fight or flight? Yeah. Right? I'm like, please listen. When you say this never works for me, stuff like that. You know, so just being really mindful of what are the words that that come out of your mouth. Um, another thing that I noticed that I wish wish we would all be more mindful of is there's such a photoshopped, filtered, glossy way that people present themselves on social media. And we all need to recognize the temporariness of living in a body. We all need to recognize that the the temporariness of money, the temporariness of of living on the earth plane. And if you you know, project this image of you that's all photoshopped and glossy and and perfected. It doesn't allow the real you to be present. And like we all crave authenticity. We love authenticity because we want to authentically self-express. We want to be known for who we are. We don't want to be like this cookie cutter. I got to fit into that mold. And so I just love, you know, I just love, you know, seeing that, you know, you're in your home office and I was like, oh, is that a sauna? And I'm in my home <laughs> office and my dog is on the floor. And, you know, I just, I just love the feeling of authenticity and realness because that's what we're craving more than ever. Um, so, so those are two things. And, um, and the third thing is, you know, the question of how it should be versus how it is. Whenever we catch ourselves in this desire to catapult ourselves into this is how it should be, or I want to go back to the way it was, we're never fully present. Mm -hmm. And the degree to which we can be fully in the present moment, not split between, well, this is how it is now, but this is how I want it to be in the future. Because if you're, well, this is how it is now, like, let's take the example of I don't have any money. And really smart, really high achieving, really incredible people come to me and they say, I don't have any money. I'm like, oh, please, can we start to change this, change the radio station? If you're going to play that game of I don't have any money, the now moment creates the future. Mm-hmm. So you're going to walk that belief about you into the future, into the tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And then six months from now, you're still in the place of I don't have any money. We got to change that. We got to change it now. And we got to collapse. We got to recognize when I say collapse the future, the future is now. This now moment becomes the next one and the next one and the next one. 
So the faster we can all get our heads in this bigger headspace, mm-hmm. the, the better for humanity, the better for you and all your clients and your family and your body and your health, the better for all the plants and the animals and the water that we're all circulating. We're all in it together. And then now is affecting all of us. Your now decision affects everybody. Yeah. I'm really hyper aware now of people that are running those negative programs. And as they're coming out of their mouth, I was like, holy moly, my, my close family member, I'm not going to name, name out who it is, but like a close family member. I was like, really? I'm like, every time you say that, this is what you're bringing in. I was like, and it's crazy to watch it actually like unfold. Like, stop saying that. <laughs> yeah, thoughts are seeds, you know, and we plant the seed and we water the seed with our attention and it grows. And so, you know, it's pretty easy. The subconscious leaves clues that are very visible. Look around you, look at your, you know, look at the internal dialogue that you have with yourself and the privacy of your own mind. Look at, you know, the quality of vitality and aliveness that you're experiencing in your body. Look at, um, you know, the clothes you wear, look at the art you're creating, look at the podcasts and the content and, and the relationships. And like, look at the whole dealio that is, you know, your creation. And you'll see, well, I created that because here's what I think about me. Mm. Right? Like, it's just showing you, it's, it's reflecting back to you, your past actions. When people look at their bank account, and they say, I don't have any money. Okay, well, who cares? I mean, I don't mean to be flip about it. But the amount of money in your bank account is a reflection of what you did in the past. That's why I'm saying who cares? Because what you did in the past Mm -hmm. is not a reflection of what you're going to do today. It's not. It's not a reflection of your potential. It's a reflection of what you've allowed yourself to do up until that moment. And anyone who's an entrepreneur knows that money flows through your business and flows out of your business. You know, when I did my first live event, that was freaking scary because I found myself putting $80,000 on a credit card. And like every couple of days, I'd have to call the credit card company saying, can you increase my credit limit? Can you increase my credit limit? Because I was putting on a live event and you got to book the room and you got to book the catering and you got to book the sound system. And you know, like all of this, it's on you. You're taking a big risk and you're stepping more and more into faith. You don't have the money. I didn't have the money. Maybe some people do. I didn't when I did my first live event, but I had a lot of faith. I had a lot of desire and a lot of passion to help people. And I was like 85,000 in the hole (laughs) before the live event. And then I, you know, ran the live event and then I closed, I don't know, close to 200,000 in sales. And then I paid everything off and it was fine knowing that money flows through your business like that, right? It flows out like the tide and then it flows in and it flows out and then it flows in. And when we recognize the cyclical nature, the the continuity, and we don't remove ourselves from being in that continuity, it stops being so scary. I think it is scary when we are not in the flow and we hold ourselves back and we're like, no, I'm not going to circulate. I'm not in circulation right now. That money's never going to flow to me. If if that's our mindset, you're right. It won't. And when you jump in and you say, I'm going to let it flow to me and through me, and I'm going to contribute, you know, you recognize that more is always coming and that the more you circulate, more circulates to you. So it's a completely different perspective. It's a completely different orientation. Yeah, Absolutely. 
And it's like not being attached to not being attached to it. Right. And I could see like earlier on in my entrepreneurship journey, I was like, you know, it would go out and be like, <gasps> it would come in and be like, <sighs> You know, so like my own, my own nervous system was getting exhausted with this circulation. <laughs> yeah. And you live on the ocean, right? You have oceanfront property. And uh, so lakefront. Mm-hmm. Oh, you have lakefront property, but you live near the water, right? Vancouver Island is an island. And, yeah. and so, you know, you've got this natural uh, model for you of the tide coming in and the tide coming out, the tide coming in and the tide coming out. And when the tide's going out, where is it going? It's feeding someone over here, right? It's feeding another part of the ecosystem. And then it's going to come back in. It's one water cycle, right? That is flowing through all of us. And that recognition too was really big for me in my entrepreneurial journey, recognizing money flows like water. Mm -hmm. And the more we allow it to circulate, the more we have you know, I'm I'm of the mindset that I have it when I need it, but I don't need to hoard it. I don't need to hold on to it. And so, you know, I'm I'm totally okay with, you know, having an $85,000 credit card bill, having no idea how I'm going to pay for it, knowing that I'm creating something of value that will allow me to be in integrity with my, you know, agreement to the credit card company right? Like I don't actually need to have it in advance. And I think this is another thing that people get really um, just freaked out about is I need to have the money before I do X, Y, Z. That's completely backwards. That's like saying, I need to have a baby before I'm going to have sex. No, <laughs> you need to have sex, either you and a partner or you and, and a Petri dish or however it happens, right? You need to have this kind of exchange. Mm-hmm. And then the result is that there's a baby and, and your business is like that. You and the infinite are exchanging you and your soul, your purpose, the creativity that is uniquely yours that no one else has. No one has your perspective. No one has your experience. And, and you allowing that to really take root in you and, and begin to rise from you and bear fruit because of you watering that is what results in your business growing. Mm. It's amazing. Do you have some um, daily rituals or daily things that we should be doing um, besides changing what we're saying to ourselves <laughs> that help with that? I have a lot of daily ritual. I love ritual and I love uh, discipline because it creates certainty. And, you know, this is like the aligned version of the masculine. A lot of people, when they hear discipline, they feel like immediately they go into rebellion. It's authoritative. Somebody's telling me what to do. It's militaristic. I don't like it. Uh, I learned to love discipline. I didn't used to. Um, and, and I love discipline because that structure creates so much freedom for me. It creates so much free time for me. And it creates so much certainty for me. And those conditions, free time, relaxation and certainty feel safe in my nervous system. So here are some of the things that I do every single day without fail. It doesn't matter how busy I am. It doesn't matter if I'm traveling. It doesn't matter if I'm on vacation. It doesn't matter if I have clients back to back. So the first thing I do every single day is I take a cold shower. Mm. Love it. Uh, you know, you don't need to have a fancy, a fancy freezer. A lot of people have them, but a cold shower will do the trick, you know, or a cold river. 
for a cold ocean or a cold lake, jump in every day. Why? It's so good for, for a feeling of aliveness, for flushing out the nervous system. So I do that every single day, first thing in the day, every single day. I also meditate first thing in the day, every single day. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I might meditate for 10 minutes. I might meditate for an hour. I always give myself first the spaciousness. And that means I do not look at email first thing. I do not look at social media first thing. I do not fill my head with other people's agenda and commotion and drama and their requests and their needs and their demands. I don't look at the news. I don't want to know about any of that. I'm allowing this feeling of absolute spaciousness to fill every cell of my being. And that's really important because your brain is always watching you mm-hmm. to see how should I, how should I you know, go forth in my day today? What should I be looking for in my day? So if I'm starting my day with relaxation and ease, my brain is saying, well, how can this be easy? How can this be relaxing? And that's a great thing to seed your brain with. I also do daily gratitudes every single day. I do them first thing in the morning and I do them last thing at night as I'm falling asleep. Um, I also move every single day. Um, you know, I have a dog, so that helps. Um, but even if I didn't have a dog and I've had one year of my life without a dog, I move every single day. I'll get in the swimming pool. I'll do stretching. I'll do yoga. Uh, I'll go for a hike. I'll run up and down the stairs. You know, your body wants to move and energy emotion is energy and motion. It wants to move. Mm-hmm. So, um, those are some things I do every day. I also read every single day. Some of my clients are shocked and thrilled to know that it is your responsibility as a leader to read. you know like schedule it in schedule it in read stuff that inspires you read stuff that that opens your mind read stuff that that expands you read stuff that reminds you of your magnificence and you know the value that you are as a human on the planet so um those are some things every day cold shower movement meditation gratitudes reading i also have a journal and i journal every single day And, you know, what do I journal about? There's no structure. Whatever is needing to come out of Deborah's brain at the moment, you know, gets dumped on the page. It might be, you know, sometimes I sit down and I just play with numbers. And I'm like, here's what I'm creating. You know, if I'm, if I'm looking at having a hundred K a month, or I'm looking at leading a retreat or whatever it is, like, I'll just write it down. Like, okay, these, this is the number of people. This is the price point. This is what I'm offering. This is where it's going to be. I'll just like dream it. I'll just write it down. Um, maybe I had a dream and, uh, I'll write down the dream and, you know, my dreams, your dreams are visual. They're symbolic. Uh, they're always talking to you. So I'll write it down. Um, it might be that I'm, I'm having an, just a flash of an idea. Um, you know, I had one in the shower today. Mm-hmm. That's where I get most of my best ideas, by the way, is in water. That's why I do the cold shower. And so I wrote down just this flash of an idea that I had. I'm also, you know, working on this book, The Anatomy of Money. So I'll sit down and I'll like, I'll go between my journal and, and the manuscript. So um, I'm, I'm every day writing. I'm every day reading. I'm every day moving, every day meditating, every day cold shower. There's wow. probably more. Those are great. <laughs> no, I love those. Uh, yeah, no, super interesting to hear what you do uh, for your rituals, because I think that will help inspire our audience as they're listening today. And I, I'm just noticing that we're running short on time. I love to have you back again, because this is so fascinating. I think so helpful for our audience. Now, I know you have uh, a gift you want to give the audience. Um, So I'll let you share with what that is. (laughs) Sure. So if you're listening today and you're like, oh my gosh, I want some of that relaxation. I want some of that spaciousness. My free gift to you is a book I wrote called Turn On Your Tap. 
and it is about EFT tapping, emotional freedom technique tapping. Tapping is an incredible hands-on process that you can do in five minutes or less that literally changes the blood flow in your brain. And it will get you out of fear into a feeling of spaciousness, out of anxiety, into a feeling of possibility. It's such a powerful practice. I use it with all my clients. And there's a free book that's available to you. And we'll drop that in the show notes that teaches you how to tap. And there's also a tapping script in there for how to manifest $50,000. Awesome. That's great. And can you also share how you work with clients? Like what is it that you do with them? How do you support them and in your work that you do? Yeah, I work with clients one-on-one. I also work with clients in small groups. However, we're working together. What we're always doing is we're looking at multiple layers that your nervous system is responding when you think about money. So when you think about money, your nervous system will have certain words. And if those words are not conscious to you, Uh, they'll keep operating underneath your conscious awareness. So I help my clients really unhook from the mental, emotional, and financial conditions, which are unconscious, but your nervous system immediately knows. You'll feel like, ooh, I can't breathe, or ooh, my stomach's in a knot, or ooh, I have a migraine, or oh, my hip hurts, or my shoulder hurts. There'll be some physical manifestation, which is what all of this anatomy of money work is about. How do we integrate this whole body, which is, you know, 95% of you, and the mind, which is about 5% of you? How do we bring them together so that you're operating from a position of wholeness? Mm, So good. Uh, So awesome. So if you want to learn more about that, can we head over to your website? Yes, DebraFryer.com. You'll find everything there. Perfect. Awesome. Well, Dr. Deborah, this has been absolutely fabulous. Listeners, make sure you reach out to Dr. Deborah because she's got so she's such a wealth of wealth of amazing expertise and wisdom um, that you need more of. So this was just a little, 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 little tiny snippet for you today. But uh, I would love to have you back on again, Dr. Deborah. This is fantastic. And um, listeners out there, please reach out. Uh, go grab the free gift. Uh, turn on your tap and uh, make sure you connect with Dr. Deborah. Any last words for our listeners today, Dr. Deborah? I'm just cheering you on. You know, I thank you for listening and I celebrate that you're here because you have something to share. Your voice matters, your mission matters. You're here to inspire people. And, you know, onward, may you discover ways to release any resistance that you have to letting your voice be heard so that you can be the beacon to others. Mm, Amazing. Thank you so much. All right, Amplify You family, go out there and have a fabulous week. We'll see you again next week. Thank you, family, for joining us on this adventure. If you're ready to be heard, head over to mypodcastcoach.com where you'll find out all the tools and tips you'll need to launch your podcast today. If you have a show already and you need some help managing it, please head over to managemypodcast.com and the Amplify You team would be happy to help you manage your podcast. Please also head over to iTunes, like, subscribe, or review our show so we can spread this message. And until next time, be your own unique genius.